Bung Bung. Welcome to the party. It's brought to you by Bung Bung Coffee, the best dark roast that you'll ever taste. This coffee can do it all. It's like the Australian fast bowler. It's going to come at you hard, it's going to come at you fast, and it's going to hit you strong. It's going to actually hit you for six, though, and I don't know how a bowler does that, but this is a fantastic blend of South American coffee beans from the best coffee countries in the world, Colombia, Brazil, Peru, and Honduras. These are delicious beans. They do it all for you, and it's the smoothest coffee you've ever had. You know, a nice 18-year lug of woolen just sliding down your throat with no burning sensation? That's the equivalent of this coffee. It is top tier stuff and if you want some of that top tier stuff to appear on your doorstep go to bungbungcoffee.com that's b-u-n-g-b-u-n-g coffee.com and order yours today enter promo code potty that's p-o-double-d-y p-o-double-d-y for 15% off all orders and that's because you're a loyal welcome to the potty listener 15% off that's beautiful go to claymcmathcomedy.com for all of your podcast merch, your podcast needs, your comedy needs, your Clay McMath needs. Uh, ClayMcMathComedy.com. You can find all my show dates. Uh, the, the ones that are coming up right now are on the 7th of December at the Cooper's Ale House in Jepps Cross, Adelaide. And the 9th of December at the Aurora Ozone Hotel in Kingscote, Kangaroo Island. Buy your tickets now if you haven't already. We need to sell these out. We need to sell them out because it's not as fun. It's not as fun if the room's not filled with energy. So buy your tickets now. Buy them as Christmas gifts. Take your workmates there as your Christmas party or your employees there as your Christmas party. It's a fun time. Uh, We've never had a bad show. It's me, Jay Michael, Michael Bowley, and Justin Saw. What a lineup. 7th and 9th of December. Got some dates in the new year as well. well. We'll plug those later. Tell a friend, tell a friend, rate the show five stars. Let's let's start the show. Welcome to welcome to the party. Best show on the internet. Ask anybody. You know it's easy money. Sit back, relax, get your headphones, everybody. Welcome to welcome to the party. Blackout in the booth. Every episode's a party. We go hard like Ricky Bobby. Tell a friend to tell a friend. This is welcome to the party. Welcome to the party, bung bung. It's your man Claytron, aka the big boss man, aka the clumsy jeweler, because I'm always dropping gems, aka the milkman. Cause I always deliver, aka the PhD of podcasting, the Magnum PI of podcasting, the captain, the Draymond Green of podcasting. I'm sitting here with the Rudy Gobert of podcasting, because I've got this game in a chokehold. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> I haven't been here for a minute, and that's how you do me. <laughs> well, you're back. You're back, though. You're back, though. Yeah, nah, shaking um, the dust off. And at least you're not suspended for five games. You've just got a 25 grand fine for, I don't know, flailing or something. I don't know why Rudy I, Gobert got fined. I need to watch that again. I don't know, yeah, why that man got fined. Yeah. Unbelievable scenes. Uh, it was, I mean, it wasn't anything. It didn't have anything on the malice in the palace, but... No, not close. It was personal. Draymond went and grabbed Gobert for no reason. Absolutely <laughs> no reason. Just found any excuse. Yeah. I, I think he looked at Clay. <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. all it took. I can't believe you got a fine. I'd be appealing that if there if there's some type of appeals process in the in the NBA. I don't even know if that's a thing, is is it? I don't think... I've never heard of a fine getting appealed, but... I would be... If it, like, I, I mean, just want to watch it again. Yeah, I like know, you like, said, I want to watch it again. And What I, he's done. Yeah. <laughs> to get 25... 
grand fine. Yeah. He was literally like, arms up. Like, hey, look, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> he actually, I was actually pretty impressed with him. He looked super calm, like in the face. Yeah, some of the still shots look nuts. Oh, like. okay. <laughs> um, and I thought Clay Thompson looked like way more about it than I would um, expect from from someone that light skinned. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to Light Skin Nation. Um, yeah, no, it was. Was that truly like the first minute of the game? I think it was the second minute of the game. Pretty sure all those guys had like two minutes on the box score at the end. So what did McDaniel, did McDaniel start it? Yeah, I think I think Clay was bringing the ball down or maybe he was just running down. No, he, he was just running down the court and McDaniel's kind of got tangled up with him. And, and it just got in, it just yeah, got just, so heated so quick. Escalated. Um, Testosterone, yeah, man. Some chicks don't need to worry about. I think those two teams might have had a pretty heated game a couple of weeks back. Oh, okay. Or like a few games ago, maybe. Yeah, um, Anthony Edwards and um, and Draymond were getting yeah. chirpy. Yeah. yeah, so brought that same energy. Anthony Edwards is next. He's next? Yeah, he's the next, like, like superstar in the league, I think. Yeah, not going to argue with you, man. Yeah, I mean, I've been a, I've been a bank, banchero, Bancaro. I've been a Bancaro guy and I've been watching a lot of his games this year because I've got a league pass. Thank you. And uh, like he's he's efficient and he is a contributor, but he's just not doing what I was expecting him to do. Second season. He's, he's pretty good for a second year player. What year's Cade? Third, third, I reckon. I really like Cade. Maybe third year's <sighs> the year. Yeah, rough shooter though. Yeah. Rough shooter for that position. Yeah, yeah, but similar to Halley. Halley's a better shooter, but like he's his vision's like unparalleled. Well, I guess I just paralleled it to Halliburton. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah. There's a couple of things that I, I, I talked a bit about being in Melbourne last episode. And there's a couple of things I missed. And I want like, I just got a haircut today and it reminded me of this. I can't remember actually if I talked about my haircut that I got in Melbourne, but it's just a, I'll just get a number one, you know, with a lineup as well. All over. Yeah, number yeah. one all over. Make sure it's lined up or else you look like a yeah. child. And and uh beard trim. My barber, who I don't I don't think he's cheap, forty five bucks. No, I wouldn't call that cheap. No, for a number one. For a right. one all over. Yeah. I went to Melbourne and got the exact same haircut. Granted, it was actually at the place that uh, Dusty, what's his name from Richmond? Oh, Dusty Martin. Dusty Martin gets his haircut, same place. Now, I don't have an AFL salary, but we walk in and the guy's like, ah, oh. oh, he didn't even know I was from out of town yet, by the way. So I don't know if he was trying, to, I don't think he was trying to stitch me up. But I walk in the door and he goes, ah, oh, our FPOS isn't working. You're going to have to pay cash. I was like, ah, oh, I didn't bring my wallet. I've only got my phone is all cardless cash i was like i'm actually with this this bank that doesn't have cardless cash right so Corey's like dude i'll go home i'll get your wallet i'll bring it back we'll go get some cash out i was like thank you sit down and get my haircut it's a great haircut fantastic well done and we finish up and i'm like so what do i owe you and he's like oh you gotta get cash out i was like yeah he's like uh 
I was like, how how much how much is Asian? Yeah, right. You know, not that I'm giving like an Asian stereotype. I'm just saying there was like a little language barrier, so I had to say how much about five times. You know, so like, how much? How much? Like friendly though. Like, how much? Like that. How much? Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. And he he says, get a hundred out, there'll be change. And I was like, like $55 change? <laughs> like, what do you mean a hundred? I go, I bring it back. I get $15 change, bro, for a number one and a beard trim. $85, bro. So if I've got a friend, Steve, um, friend of the show, shout out. He moved to Melbourne and all of a sudden started growing his hair and now he's got long hair and I get it. I totally get it, bro. Because if I moved there, I would do the same thing. I'd be, I'd be you in tenth grade. That's I'm still getting over the eighty-five for a number one. For a one, yeah, over. Yeah, man. Nuts, dude. Britney Spears got number one for free, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Britney Spears. What's the latest with her? I haven't, I haven't seen her name or anything pop up for a few weeks now. Yeah, that's true. I'm hoping that's good news. I, I think no news is good news. I think the last Spears. time I saw her was Dancing with Knives. Was, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe maybe it's bad news. When the last thing you see is someone dancing with knives and tapping them on each other and spinning around, maybe that's – maybe you know how you tell your kid not to run with scissors? Don't dance with knives because yeah, if you fall up. over, it's over. Yeah, like you meant to, meant to have that shit pointing towards the ground when you walk, no, not up at your face and dancing. But if you fall over, it's all over. Bars. If you fall over, <laughs> it's all over. Um, so yeah, I get I get this ninety five dollar haircut, and this is like the day after my flight, which. I told this story last time, but you're here this time. I want you to hear it too. You know how they they start saying like, we're about to board soon and everyone lines up? As if it matters, you know? Like, you can't go anywhere until everyone's on. Not getting there any quicker. Yeah. Yeah. It matters matters in terms of like putting your baggage in the overhead and it being right above your seat and not like down the back of the plane or up the front of the plane or whatever. That's where it kind of matters, but it's also a lot of overhead storage. Mm. You got to, you basically have to be last on and have a massive bag for it not to fit. Anyway, I had a coffee this morning and it is, is that, is an airport coffee. So, you, you know, you, what do you expect that to be? 25 bucks or something? $4.90. I think it was the cheapest coffee in Adelaide. Bargain. What was it? Just a long black. Yeah. Some coffee and water. Yeah. At the airport though. I get I get one from I won't name them because they're, they're actually really good coffee, but I don't want to like every coffee's expensive in Adelaide, but five fifty for the one near my house. Five fifty. Four ninety in the airport, bro. Airport tax. Anyway, I thought that was a bargain, so I'm feeling myself. Come on, this is the cheapest coffee I've ever had, and it's actually kind of good. But now we've got a board, and I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to bring hot drinks on flights. Or is that just in America? No, I reckon that's the thing here. No hot drinks or food. Yeah. So I finished my coffee, and you know how there's a bin up the front, like right by the gates? Yeah, yeah as you 
About to board, yeah. I walked up there, put my coffee in the bin, skipped the line. I cut. I cut the line, bro. I put my coffee in the bin and walked up like I was meant to be there, dude. I just went, I just went on the plane. Did you look back at all? You just couldn't handle the guilt? I didn't even have guilt, bro. I was feeling oh, myself. Okay. I was feeling myself. I got a $4.90 coffee. You're a wild cowboy, dude. I had like... I knew I had one of the biggest gigs of my life coming up that night. And following that, I had the Z weekend. So I was feeling myself something chronic and I just cut the line, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how it felt. That's how it felt. I felt like I was somebody. Went to my exit row seat that I paid extra for. I was like, I've got exit row money. I don't have business class money. Because that's ridiculous. You're not going to get business, business class on a trip to Melbourne. It's 40 minutes. No, nah, not worth it. No, nah, it's up and down. You're up and down. This week though, man, I took a quiz. I took a quiz online. You ever take quizzes online? What, just like things that'll pop up on your Facebook timeline? I Googled, I Googled you this. Googled one? Okay. Yeah. You were looking for that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the quiz? I wanted to know if I, um, if I had a touch of the tism. <laughs> I wanted to see how autistic I am. How'd you go? It said it said um, that I have mild autism and I should see my doctor. <laughs> should have print screened that shit and just gone straight to fucking Centrelink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Nah, I think it doesn't. It doesn't give any context to the um, questions. So it just says like, do you want to? Like, um, do you like being out and about? And it's like with my friends, but not, or no, do you like, you know, do you like being in large groups? It's like, absolutely no, I don't. But if it's a large group of all my friends, I'll be fine. But like, no, I don't want to go to Rachel's work Christmas party. No. Okay. How many, how many choices do they give you? I'm assuming it's multiple choice. Yes. Six multiple choices on every question. Okay. Like they were all just like varying degrees of like, yeah, I do this every day, and then like yes, if I sometimes. if I do this, I want to break down and cry. Like it was mad dramatic. Okay, <clears throat> and so like I never picked the mad dramatic ones either because it's like, well, no, because I'm still gonna be okay. So you were just like mid spec on every answer. Mid spec, yeah. yeah. But like most of it's more like being antisocial than spec'd out. I thought, okay. but maybe I've got it, and so. So basically, I I can say and I can say because I've got it. I am it. Send me the link, dude. I got to get this license. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the link, man. But yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty interesting, man. And it was hell alarming when it just said like it said like see your doctor right away. <laughs> I just want to know, like, what you were doing throughout this day to get you to the point where you felt like searching for this. That's a good question. I don't remember what day it was that I did it, but um, like, it started. Can you remember the events leading up to it? Oh well, I was taking a shit, and I take <laughs> I take really long shits. Okay. So I was like, I was like, what's going to pass the time this time? You know, I've I've finished scrolling. You know, and then you know how you scroll, and then you you click the home thing to go back up to the top, and then it's like still the one that you already saw. It hasn't. We're, we're talking X here. Uh, no, um, Instagram. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this, you you scrolled for like ten minutes, 
and you refresh it just to go back to the top where you've already you've already seen that picture. So I was like, okay, I've I guess I've completed Instagram. So so well, I was like, I'll check if I'm if I'm specked out. <laughs> I gotta put some time aside for that this yeah. weekend. I think, and I came out. I came out. <laughs> and told Rach I've got autism. She's like, what? <laughs> so that was my week, man. You've been doing nice. much? <laughs> Nothing as like fun as that, I guess. Yeah. Um, nah, quiet week for me, man. Just gone through the motions till Christmas, really, hanging out for that break. Oh, man, thirsty for it. Yeah. Um, The SAG... The SAG and the studios have made a deal. They've come to a deal. It's a short deal. It's only three years long. Okay. So to me, that means I believe I believe the the sticking point the whole time that the uh, for people that don't know SAG is Screen Actors Guild. So all the actors in Hollywood haven't been working for I don't know six months or so, maybe more, because uh, studios have been wanting to use AI. Um, Just like me and maybe some of the listeners. Mm. Does this only apply to films made in America? Um, like have other actors around the world been striking? Like have movies still been getting made here in Australia? I believe it's just America. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't quote me on that though. It's all unsourced here at the Welcome to the Potty podcast. So, yeah, the, the sticking point is the AI. So the writers were on strike as well, basically because studios wanted to use AI to come up with scripts and then just use writers to punch them up, pay the writers less because all they're doing is punch-ups. Writers were like, fuck that. They came to a agreement that that's not how it's going to work for now. And that's sort of what's happened with the actors as well because what they were saying is they want to use likeness to create movies. So we don't need to pay Tom Hanks. We'll just use AI Tom Hanks to make a movie. Everyone's going to want to see it because it's Tom Hanks, but we didn't have to pay Tom Hanks a million dollars. We just had to pay like some nerd to make sure that it didn't look, that the the fingers weren't seven fingers yeah. like the AI's been doing, you know? like Crazy shit. And obviously all the actors are like, forget that shit. Um, but they've only come to like a three-year deal. So what I'm thinking is that... The first thing that's going to happen is it's going to it's going to be background actors, no names, people that don't have any clout that they're going to get rid of, and it's just going to be AI background actors. So I've just um, looked up like the first article I've come across, and it's like the six main points. Okay, hit of me. The deal. So number one is minimum compensation increases. So performers will earn seven percent wage increases effective immediately. Followed by a four percent increase on July first next year. By the way, this kind of stuff affects your favorite actors from like Gilmore Girls. No, that's probably about. They probably got paid heaps. Actors that are like character actors or actors on TV shows that aren't like major, like Dare, Daredevil. I don't know who play, who acts who plays him. Yeah, so someone like that, this is who it affects because they actually don't get paid tons. The 
the we think of actors as like all multimillionaires, but no, that's you know Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Sandra Bullock. That's them. They're they're in a tier of their own. This doesn't affect them so much. But when you get to the level of like just a guy in a like the guys from no, I was about to say suits, but they would have got paid tons for suits. But like, let's say one of those guys in a movie, Harvey Specter in a movie is not gonna make a lot of money because people aren't gonna go. Oh, I've got to see him in yeah, exactly this. So guys like that. Um, don't actually get paid heaps and they need they need ongoing work. So that's why you see people do shitty movies all the time because they just, they need ongoing work. They can't do one movie a year and, or one movie every five years and just live off that. They probably could, but they're, they've, some of them have been in like successful series like Suits would just have a certain lifestyle they used to live in. So. Well, yeah, those guys who have been in a series like that Probably make it five hundred thousand dollars an episode towards the end. Yeah, we're talking people like lower echelon that are just like they're in move, they're in shitty rom coms all the time or shitty horror movies. You, you're like, oh, why do I see this guy in every horror movie? And you call him this guy because you don't know his name. <laughs> Those people need to be getting the wage increase. When we're talking wage increase for Brad Pitt, there's no sympathy, right? Like. <laughs> whatsoever yeah but also like when you it's just i don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of it but like it's just it's market value this guy this guy's in a movie he's he's gonna you're gonna have a successful box office you're gonna have a successful opening weekend um leo de niro tom cruise scarlett johansson maybe i don't know um, anyway, yeah, keep going. So that's seven um, percent wage increase. Seven percent wage increase, and then following on from that, background actors, stand-ins, and photo doubles immediately get an eleven percent wage increase. Wow. Okay. Plus the bon- like the hikes in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, point two is streaming bonuses. Okay. So actors can get a, I think it's called a success payment. Um, usually along with the residual payments they'd get. What's the success payment? What's the when does that um, this, the success metric is determined by the following formula the total number of domestic streaming hours over the first 90 exhibition days is divided by the total runtime of the movie or a television series episodes to determine domestic views right the success metric is calculated by dividing domestic views by the total number of domestic subscribers if the result is at least 0.2 a bonus is paid okay yeah. I'm not a math guy. No, I'm not <laughs> in one ear or the other. Um, Roger has four bananas. <laughs> <laughs> um, point three is disclosure of viewership status. Or stats, sorry. Right, yeah. So historically, Netflix in particular hasn't ever like released data on uh, any of their shows. So even if you're a comedian and you you're like trending, um, you know, number one, number one thing on Netflix, uh, claiming math. They'll if I say like, "How's it going? How's how's my special going?" They'll say, "Yeah, really good." They're not gonna say, oh, "Man, you've had four million streams in the first four hours." They'll just say, "Yeah, it's going really good, man." Yeah, so that's all changing now. Yeah, and that's important because that is. Imagine being, and they are they are a public company, which is crazy. So. 
they I guess they release numbers of like how many subscribers they have, which is the metric because that's where they get their money. But like imagine not releasing your performance to the public who are buying shares in your company who are investing in you and you're not mm. releasing that information. Like I don't release welcome to the potties information because I don't have to. But like if someone said, well, any advertiser is going to want to see my numbers. Um, I've reached out to people before businesses and said like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to want you to sponsor the podcast. So there was, and they've responded send through your numbers and I just have not sent them through because I'm like, oh, okay, it's over. <laughs> you know? So I'm Netflix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, point four is limits on artificial intelligence. So touching on what you are talking about earlier, mm-hmm. film and TV producers must obtain consent from actors to create and use their digital replicas as well as specify how they intend to use that digital likeness. Actors are entitled to compensation at their usual rate for the number of days they would otherwise have been paid for to do the work being performed by a digital replica. Right, okay. So That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You So you're not working. Nah. And you still get paid like you're working. I guess that's why this is just a three year deal. Yeah. Uh point five is minimum number of background actors. So I'll skip through the front part, but in West Coast cities, it used to be 22 actors, twenty-two backup background actors. Now it's up to 25. Must be employed. Okay. More and jobs. Yeah. Shout out to Biden. And for feature films, it goes from 57 up to 85. Wow. Okay. Shout out to so, Fran Drescher for putting in work, standing on her ground. And then the final point of this is relocation bonuses. Um, performers in a series who have to relocate for work will be entitled to a maximum relocation benefit of up to 5000 a month for six months. Up to? Yeah, but that's a 200% increase on the previous amount. But what's minimum? Don't know. Doesn't that seem dodgy if, like, they're just increasing the maximum? <laughs> and you can be like, okay, but I'm only going to give you 200 bucks. That seems weird. Do you think this uh, strike would have taken as long if, like, who's who's a massive actor, like Leonardo DiCaprio, if he was the president of SAG instead of Fran Drescher, do you think they would have – are we good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Oh, actually, let me check. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you think if Leonardo DiCaprio was the president of SAG instead of Fran Drescher – do you think that would have been like in 24 hours? Like, yeah, we'll do what you want. I don't know, man. I wasn't really following it that closely, to be honest, the whole strike. I just feel like, like obviously Leo, like someone of that status would never be the president of SAG. It's different to the NBA where like superstars are the presidents of the NBA PA. Yeah. Like Chris Paul, Jalen Brown. I don't know who I like. They're pretty much the only two that I can know in recent. CJ McCollum has been like, I think he's like RVP. a VP. VP. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, CJ McCollum's like the Fran Drescher of the NBA. <laughs> it's over. It's over so, for him. Yeah. 
Oh, shout out to him, man. Hope he's okay. Yeah, yeah. Hope he, I do hope he's okay. But like, he's not your franchise guy. Nah, never was. Yeah, like Fran Drescher. She carried that shit, dude. The nanny. Yeah. Yeah. For five, well, five years, five seasons. I don't know. Bloody thirty years of reruns. Yeah, yeah. She'd be now. Minted. She's about to start getting paid from these residuals. Oh no! Oh yeah, on streaming. Yeah, yeah. That's why she was carrying on. Yeah. She's like, I'm about to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's good for them, good for the actors, good for the writers as well. They're they're back in the game. Good for us. Get get our content back. Good for the Welcome to the Potty podcast. The number one Australia's number one movie podcast. Comedy action horror. Will this movie win an Oscar? Set design, directing, acting like Tinger costumes. This segment is plays reviews. Shout out to Stone and Wood. They're going down like water. Um, dude, I've been drinking these shout, two beers getting shout outs um, at the start of the Clay's Reviews segment, but I've been drinking these beers. I had a four pack of like Mountain Goat in my hand. Three beers getting shout outs. Um, but unfortunately for Mountain Goat, I didn't actually end up buying their beer because I walked past another beer that had my son's name on it. Great Uncle Kenny's like Wakashabi or something. It it's from New Ze- it's a New Zealand beer, and I've had it before. It's a lager, and I just couldn't go past it because it had my kid's name on it. So just looked it up now. It's got some cool branding on it. Yeah, like the um, it's like a man pig jumping at him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've been drinking those this week. I've I had I think I had two of those before you got here. So crushing them. Yeah. Um, you got any more? I think so, yeah. Save us one for Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll do. So, we went to the theatre again. Yeah. To see Killers of the Flower Moon, directed by Scorsese. It starred, I want to say, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro and... Can you tell me the lady's name? Do you have her? Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone. We'll get to her. Now, can you give us the plot? Yep. When oil is discovered in 1920s Oklahoma under Osage Nation land, the Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to unravel the mystery. Everyone knows this about me. I'm a sucker for a true story. Now, I didn't know this was a true story because I hadn't read the book. But it's based on a book, which is based on a true story. So, it, like, do you know, was this, like, character for character a true story or just based on a true story? I think these names, I think these names it's, were, like, accurate. That's actually how it all went down. It's all on source here at the World anyway, Potty let's, Podcast. let's just roll with that. Yeah, so... <clears throat> we just watched a documentary. Yeah, <laughs> it was a doco. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into snacks here. I think I nailed it again. So it was a western. I thought it was a. I thought it was going to be earlier times. So there was cars in this. I was thinking horse and cart. So I got wagon wheels. Nice. That was. I was, I was pretty impressed when Rage pulled those out. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. And I got a uh, Coca Cola, which is the color of oil, and probably shouldn't be going in my body, but it did. Cleans oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was my snacks. What did you go with? Um, I was a. 
Yeah, me and, me and Hannah were pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Just went with a uh, popcorn and Coke. Had a Kit Kat on the side too. It is hard. It is hard not to go with popcorn and Coke at the theatre because yeah. movie popcorn hits different. I forget the whole like theme snack thing every time I watch a movie as well. I just grab whatever I feel like. That's I know I'm letting the team down there. You are, you I are, know, because I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to have some level of competition here and maybe even vote on, um, on who's killing it harder. Or step it up going forward. Yeah, maybe I'll give you. I'll show you a reminder yeah, next that, time. I need that. Yeah. So, character development. The first conversation we see with Leo. I think his first line might might be like there's a lot of silence while he sort of is travelling to his uncle's place, De Niro's his uncle. Then they have this big conversation and it was kind of like lighthearted and like almost comedic. Um but we find we find out he's he's a simple dude. Mm. Um I thought after at the end, at the very end of the three and a half hour movie, I thought we needed more either exposition or or some level of um, uh, why does the word escape me? Demonstration, yeah. Exposition, some level of exposition or demonstration of just how dumb this guy was. Because I wasn't, I was confused the whole time whether he was evil or stupid or both. And I think, I think they kind of, there was one shot which actually like almost, almost made me emotional. It didn't, but it almost did. It was in the courtroom. There was a close-up on Leo when when he said that he loves his wife. Like, he he definitely meant it in that moment. I think he always did. You could see that. So, like, the stuff he was doing was based on the manipulation from his uncle. So, how stupid, like, how stupid do you have to be? But we didn't, we never really found out how stupid he was. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I feel like he was both, though. Yeah. Yeah. He was, was like... Was there, like, a, a robbery he was involved in? When he just, like, ducked out one night and went with a couple of the boys and, like... What was that other guy's name who had a Osage partner? Oh, was it Billy? Bill something. Yeah, so he was a gambler and he said, he said in that initial conversation with De Niro, he said, like... He made it clear that he loves money. And he said another time in the movie something, I, I love money maybe more than I love my wife. And so, yeah, you're right. Like the, the money was a, was a major factor for him. He even said before he married his wife, it was like when he was still courting her, he said like, uh, you know, I just want to sit around and do nothing. Yeah. 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 Like um, money is not the only, no, like, oh, I, I, I like you. I think you're great, but I, I'm lazy. I want to sit around and do nothing. And he's kind of said it in a joking way, but, it, like, he meant it. Seemed pretty legit. Yeah. Because he did absolutely nothing. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I, I thought he was a real piece. 
So his name was Ernest Burkhart, Leo's character. And I thought he was like a combination between um, Rick Dalton. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, I never saw it. Oh, well, his character was Rick Dalton. Who was a, he was like a Western actor and he kind of had a similar accent. And Arnie Grape. Did you ever see What's Eating Gilbert Grape? No. This was the movie where he went full retard. Leo did? Yeah. <laughs> he was... How long ago was this movie made? This was like one of his first, I reckon. He was really young. He was like... 93. Yeah, maybe 15 or something. How, how much older than me is Leo? He's 49. So what's that, like 16 years older? Yeah. So he would have been 13, maybe. If Again, I don't really do math. But he went full, yeah, he went full retard in, um, in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And I think he was maybe, yeah, maybe channeling Arnie Grape and Rick Dalton to be Ernest Burkhart. So the young Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny Depp is Gil is Gilbert. There you go. Yeah, worth watching, by the way, if you uh, if you haven't seen that one. It was interesting because I think I'd been telling people that hadn't really heard of the movie, um, Killers of Flower Moon. What's that? I'm like, oh, it's a it's a it's like a Western murder mystery. But they basically told us in the first scene like we're going to be the bad guys. Remind me, what was the first scene? Uh, it was De Niro basically saying, if you marry one of these women oh, and yeah. they all die, you're going to get all their oil money. So I thought that was a weird choice because, I mean, having the week to think about it, maybe if it was like a full murder mystery, it would have cheapened it a little bit. Um, But knowing that off rip sort of gave me no reveal. It was more of a, more of a how they done it instead of who done it. Yeah, it was really <laughs> the choice of it to be from the perspective of the white people who were evil was because you know usually when you watch like Twelve Years a Slave, it's from the perspective of the slaves. Um, I can't remember Schindler's List and whose perspective that was from, but. Usually it's from, like, the victims, right? Mm. And this was from the perspective of the bad guys, which was interesting. But I just thought, no, yeah, just knowing, knowing just sort of took a little bit away from me, I thought. Maybe that's basic. Maybe it's more of, like, a character study. But, like, especially given how well, what was her name again? Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone did, like, she was... To me, she was the standout in the movie. I would have loved to see more of her and I would have loved for the story to be from her perspective given half the movie she was like in a drug-induced coma. So like that wouldn't yeah, have been was, very interesting. But yeah, um, yeah, I just, yeah, there was something something about the, the angle of it didn't do it for me, I guess. And the time, the length of it. <laughs> yeah, it was a long film. Yeah. I actually, yeah, as much as it was long, I, I didn't mind. 
Oh, it had me. It had me. I was gripped yeah. from start to finish. Like, um, the opening scene where the the Indians were dancing in the oil was one of the most, like, um, definitely like beautiful scenes. I think in the whole like just aesthetically. Mm in the whole movie and it was like so early and I was like, oh shit, this is going to be special. And then it, it like kind of went like super kind of just like basic. There was nothing, there was like some pretty sick landscape shots and stuff, but there wasn't anything like too crazy. I didn't think until, until that close up on Leo at the very end in the, in the courtroom where he said he loved his wife. I was, I, I, I got a bit choked up. At that point, and I got damn near to tears when when Leo did the crying scene. That was pretty heavy. I don't I don't know if I want to give I don't want to spoil that, but that was um real. That was that was hectic. I thought he did a really good job there. Anyway, it was a special. It was a very special type of racism. Yeah, it was like, like overly respectful racism. De Niro was like acting the whole time. Like his character, sorry. De Niro's character was acting like at funerals and stuff going up. I'm praying, I'm praying for you. Speaking in the native tongue. Yeah. But like they. But just how long he'd done it for too. Like he'd known these girls since they were kids. Yeah. And, and he just, just like, they're just not humans. Mm. Like, yeah, we're just going to kill them and we're going to get their money. Like, Mm. He's not calling them savages or any, like he's really respectful. Like, but they don't actually matter because like once they die, we get their money. Yeah, it was crazy because like it's just like a racism that you you clearly don't see today. No, <laughs> but like it was just yeah, it was a very uh, unique type of racism because like yeah, I, sp- I suppose it's like genocidal, but it was it was more like it was. It was kind of just what one family he was focused on. Yeah, targeted at this one tribe. And then like anyone who sort of got in his way. So like the the guy who was her ex-husband, who he was like, well, hopefully he's not entitled to the money. We got to get, we got to rub him out as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just the greed, man. Yeah, it was all pretty like, pretty eye-opening. I never knew that there were, like Native American land rights over oil. Neither did I. That was that was interesting. Yeah, but it may. I guess it makes sense, doesn't it? Well, if, yeah, if you got yeah. the land where the oil is coming out, it's yours. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Lily Gladstone, man. She was. She did so much by doing so little. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think just. Yeah, just the way she carried herself and. Her yeah. attitude, her like yeah, facial had, expressions and yeah. all that just really sold it. And like laughing at like the white man's ignorance. Mm. And I loved the bit where they kind of it was like their first date. Maybe she invited him in for a drink, and um, then the storm, mm. the storm happened, and she told she was like, "Let's just be quiet." And he went to talk, and she's like, "Shh, the storm's powerful. Like we need to be still." And they went to pour a drink, and she was like. I just like I just loved that shit. That scene was like one of my favorite scenes. 
Um, because his reactions as well, like those those two, I thought their dynamic, their their uh chemistry was was so good together. I'd like to see him in something else. I think. Yeah, I I wasn't fully sold on it. Maybe not the chemistry side of it, but more so like him being in love with her. Like I just he didn't sell me on that. I think he was actually actually just like an evil dude that just right. wanted all of her money. Okay. Yeah. So I uh, yeah. So I disagree. No, that's cool. That that's good for it. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Because I I thought I thought he loved her. Um, I thought he cared for her. I th- I think he genuinely cared for her. But at the end of the day, he loved money more. And if you love money more than someone, that's I don't think you love someone then. Yeah. And I think that's to do with how stupid he was, though, as well. But like, we didn't really know that we didn't get mm. that like that's i think i needed them to do like an iq test <laughs> or like an <laughs> autism test or so, do an autism test online before um you know before they got too deep in the movie so i could see his results and see if he had to go to his gp straight away dude he was knowingly i'm not gonna say because this is a spoiler yeah yeah that that is a pretty significant spoiler but that thing that you're talking about is yeah, it's unforgivable. But the way it was sold to him, because he's an idiot, I think, was oh, oh, it's going to slow her down. It's going to slow her down. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I just think he was really dumb, and they didn't they didn't break that down enough. And the really the the thing was. Can you, can you read? Can you read? He's like, I I could read. Can you read? You gotta smarten yourself up a bit here. Here, take this book. You gotta smarten yourself up. That was really all we got on mm. maybe this guy's stupid. And then like the fact that he he did like the the fake robbery for the insurance money on his car. Like, that was, like, another yeah. dumb thing. And, and his uncle was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, we're right there and you're doing retarded shit. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I need to watch it again. Maybe I missed something. I don't know. Yeah, if you've got a whole day to spare. Yeah. <laughs> this shit was Won't, so won't be for a while, but I, um, I'd watch that again one day. I sure. agree. I agree. Like, I, I'll probably watch that ten more times. Um, I thought it was... I thought it was supremely well done technically brilliant too long it was too long man which parts which parts do you think they should have cut out i don't know yeah and and that's why because like, it was long but yeah i feel like it needed it could have been longer like the way it ended it was pretty abrupt i want to talk about the ending uh, a lot uh, a lot of like I need like if we did the podcast straight afterwards, I wouldn't have been able to. I wouldn't have been able to go through this because I I thought the same thing straight away. I was like, "What kind of fucking ending is that?" But I think there was a lot there. Potentially, I don't know what. It's like another hour and a half worth of content, I reckon. Yeah, but like just the the like show right at the end mm. was like I don't know what they were aiming to give us 
But thinking about it this week, I, I thought a million things. I thought, one, the the true crime podcast era that we're in and the popularity of that, and they were doing like that live radio show with live studio audience. They were all white people and, you know, consuming media based on the hardships that a minority has gone through and that's their entertainment sort of thing was the first thing. Yeah, like it was like a commentary on like, yeah, Mm. people consuming true crime. This thing happened to somebody and it's our entertainment, which was like meta because that's what the whole film was. Yeah, I think the fact that Scorsese came out and did that like that final thing about, um, you know, this, what's his name, died in a retirement home, you know, the other one, you know, went to jail or whatever and, and Molly remarried and died when she was this age. Um, and it was 50-something, which De Niro actually said none of these people live past 50. Yeah. I miss that one. Miss that one. Yeah, well, because he was, he was like, let's just play the long game here, you know? Um. Because if you if you if she puts you as her as the the person with the rights to everything, you know she's gonna die when she's fifty, and you're gonna get it. I did, yeah, I did fall in love with that ending the over the week. It took me a while to kind of appreciate what what they were saying there, if that's what they were saying. But that's kind of what it felt like. Because because the, the comment at the end was that her her obituary mentioned that she was, you know, the sister of A, B, and C who had all been, who, who had all died, but there was no mention of the murders. And so it was like the dichotomy of like the guilt of white people consuming this media based on like the, the hardships that people have experienced. But also if we don't tell their stories, they're just going to be forgotten which I thought was like, yeah, a week later, I thought it was like really beautiful to like recognise that in that moment as the ending. Starting to sell me on this ending now. Yeah, I, I mean, and I'm, maybe I'm looking too deep into it. Maybe I want it to be better than it was, uh, but I, I... I didn't hate it, but at the time I didn't love it. Let's put it that way. I've got a question for you here. After the trial and all the bullshit that had happened. Her whole family had been systematically killed by her husband. And his uncle. And his uncle. Yeah. She had diabetes. And he was giving her medication and what, let's say it wasn't working, right? The way it was supposed to. And she comes in at the very end of the film. She says, what was in the shots? And he says, what? What was in the shots you were giving me? And he says, insulin. And she walks out. That was the end of their relationship. Would it not have been over when your three sisters and your mum were all dead? (laughs) Were they pinned on him though? <laughs> not not entirely. 
Yeah, I think I think she was just giving him the benefit of the doubt. But when it came to that, there was no. It was you were putting this in me. Yeah, someone else might have given it to you, but I gave you orders to go collect it yourself and not have it handed from anyone else in this town. Yeah, it, this was on you. Yeah, and he. The thing, the thing about it, the thing about the whole insulin thing. We're gonna have to do it. We're gonna have to spoiler alert. We don't. We don't have a choice here. All right. So, basically, De Niro tells uh, Leo Ernest Burkhart, like, you got to put this other shit in there. Um, it'll slow her down. But, you know, it'll, it'll, the fuck's that supposed to mean? Yeah. Yeah, like I guess just like keep her, keep her there until we we deal with all this other shit, and then you guys can just live out the rest of your days until she dies or whatever. I don't know what the implication was, but this shit like this dude was head over heels over her, man. This shit <laughs> was poison. Yeah, Leo knew it, man. That well, he did. He yeah. did know it because the guy, Lee, um, De Niro's character, kept saying like, "Make sure you put the whole vial in there, like the whole vial, right?" Whole vibe. So he was making it very obvious, and and Leo's dumb ass was just like, "Oh, why does he want me to put the whole thing in there?" And he stopped. He stopped doing the whole thing, and he'd give like a few drops, and then he'd take the rest, and it was fucking him up. Uh, so he knew what was happening, and he didn't. He felt guilty. He didn't want to do it. That's where like the he was. He was a piece of shit. Don't get me wrong, but the love stopped him from getting the job done. Yeah. Okay. Still a piece of shit though. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm not saying he <laughs> wasn't a piece of shit, but I think the love I do think the love was there. In the film at least. I don't know the book, I don't know the real story. So it's hard to know like what actually happened because this is like Hollywoodified. Yeah, sure. But I think in this movie I think the love was there. Oh, I agree. I I think he loved her, but not yeah. that much. Yeah, you're just willing to like be poisoning her every other day. <laughs> yeah. like, that's nuts. It was foul, dude. It was it was it was hard to to watch that shit. And um, I wonder what it was. They never mentioned it, did they? Uh, we never found out what that substance was. Mm. But oh, dude, the other thing I haven't got it in my notes here, but I did want to mention is. The th- this could have been a miniseries because it, this was Jesse Plemons, Ugly Matt Damon. Did you hear me laugh when he yeah off <laughs> on the screen? <laughs> when he knocked on the door to speak to Ernest Burkhart, Leo, he basically introduced himself as like uh, you know whatever his title was. And he said, I'm from the Bureau of Investigation. It's, uh, you know, and he's like explaining it. So it was like the, it was like the, the inception of the FBI. Like this was the start of the FBI, which is a whole nother, like that's a whole episode of a miniseries, right? Like this is how the FBI got started because the Osage was sending people to Washington to like say- Wait, this was the first ever- Federal Bureau of Investigation, like that's what it. That's what that's what I took from like the conversation they had through the through the flywire door. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, 
I know Scorsese's not going to do a miniseries. He's a film. He's a film guy. But like, it was three and a half hours long, man. <laughs> and like, there's like you said, the ending could have, they they could have it could have told a bit more story there. It could have had a whole episode on the FBI and the fact that they had a Native American guy like infiltrate the town and all that shit. Like it was. It was so rushed, the FBI part. Then they're just like meeting in the field, like giving information and shit. And then it's like, oh, now we know what happened. It's like there was so much that could have, um, that they could have been there as well. That's not like, it couldn't have been a shorter movie, but it could have been a longer miniseries. Yeah, agreed. I don't, I don't think there's anything they could have cut out. No. And it was all, yeah, it was all pretty valuable, man. There was the character development, especially like, yeah, like Leo and, De Niro's initial meeting and their their relationship development. Plus, like, we need to know we need to know that Leo loves money, so we need to get into like robberies and gambling and all of this shit as well to like understand that he's fully motivated by that. And like, there was so much build up. Then, like, you've got to see him caught. The chick, and they're still cutting shit out. They, one minute she's without child, and the next minute she's got two year old. Like that, time was moving. It was like, yeah, it's they they did cut, cut a lot of time out, and I I wonder what the rough cut looked like. It had to have been six hours. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Like if if you watch like the if DVDs were still a thing, and you could see the director's cut of this, like. You'd have to have a sleepover. They still do director's cuts of some movies, don't they? Like release them later on streaming platforms. Uh, that's I, pretty rare, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I've never, I've never watched it. Like, I've heard of the Snyder cut for Justice League. That's probably the one I'm thinking of, but I don't watch that. Shit. I would never even watch Justice League, let alone the Snyder cut. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Snyder cut. Yeah, but um, yeah, then. I've already mentioned the Leo crying scene. I don't want to get into that, but like that was that was pretty amazing acting, I thought. But my estimation is that Lily Gladstone is nominated for Best Supporting Actress uh, for this. Um, I haven't seen a lot of like new films this year, but uh, to not win it, would be pretty crazy, but I haven't seen, I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen the other performances, but this performance was magical. I thought she was unbelievable. The music was great too. This thing had me like for three and a half hours, man. I, I was in, I was in, I was in there. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, maybe it's just a cinema thing, but, yeah, yeah, like phone, like phone off it. and stuff. It's yeah, phone off. There's no temptation to like get up and go. I don't know, do whatever you need to do. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy like, the experience it is more. Good, yeah. Uh, event cinemas need to step up their seat game, though. I was uncomfortable as fuck for three and a half hours. Like that, that would have been good to see at Hoyts because they've got all the recliners and shit. Except that maybe that might be a recipe for sleep. The personal story I've got for this movie to relate to this movie is meeting my uncle for the first time. First time I met him was on the phone. Uncle Herb, rest in peace. And 
I'll never, ever forget this conversation because it was the finest piece of slang I've ever heard in my life. I said, I, he said, how how you doing? I was like, yeah, yeah, pretty good. How, how are you going? He says, uh, oh, you know, just trying to maintain. <laughs> I was like, I fucking love that shit, man. I haven't heard that one in so long, but. Just trying to maintain, bro. And then I spoke to my cousin maybe two weeks ago, and I'm trying to remember what he said. He said, um, oh, fuck. Oh, I asked him how he was. It's score time. All right, you want to go first? I give Killers of the Flower Moon eight out of 10 insulin shots. Nice. What did you go with? Um, I went with seven. Seven? Yeah. Fair enough, man. Minus one for each hour. <laughs> went for. Yeah, I think maybe I haven't stewed on the ending long enough. Yeah. And not to like just take a whole score down by the ending, but um, sometimes you have to. Yeah, the ending and the length, maybe. Even though I said, like, they shouldn't have cut anything, it's just a long time. It is. It's Maybe because we watched it in the middle of the day, too. That just kind of fucked with me a bit. Like I we just went in there at 12. Yeah, I, I was so surprised to see the sun up when we got out. There's so many more hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there levels to a seven? Like, I, I feel like there's some movies that have just been like, meh, but that... I've given them a seven too, but this mm. was one of the good ones that I'm giving a seven. Yeah, there's levels. I'm underlining it. This was a good seven. Yeah, yeah. There's good. There's good everything. There's good and bad everything. Yeah, okay. Like, just want to make that clear for the listeners. Like, I can't give you an example. Good. I can't give you an example, but I think there's been times where I've been like, yeah, it's a four, but like, watch it. Yeah, I, I can recall a few of those. Yeah. yeah. So. Sometimes, sometimes it's just like a piece of shit, but it's like entertaining, you know. Yeah. And like, and if something's entertaining, like, go ahead, watch it. And then this can be something that's got you from beginning to end for three and a half hours, but you're also like, fuck, dude. Like, be nice to take a piss or whatever. Um. Yeah. Think about have a think about the ending. I might I might look it up even tonight and um. See, see what other people think about it. Like what Dude, they're jump on Reddit, see what people have to say. Yeah, how they're interpreting it. But that was, um, yeah, that's how I sort of saw it this week. But walking out of there, I was just like, "What a cop out!" <laughs> yeah. But I did like the the very end. It was like a crane shot or something, or maybe a drone or helicopter shot, bird's eye view of like the real, um. I guess it was probably Osage, but just like some Native Americans like doing dance. Like, that was cool. Yeah. Cool See, like. Yeah, I guess they like opened and closed with cool Native yeah. dance scenes. Yeah. I think the open was like actors though. And the closing like seemed to me like oh, real, yeah. okay. like a real tribe or something. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Don't know. But. Yeah. Anyway, it was a banger. How how much time are we at? Hour seven. Oh shit. I do want to do I do want to do I've got three here, but I'll just do one. Song titles as movies. 
Let's hear it. So coming from Steve, friend of the show, long hair, lives in Melbourne, can't afford a haircut, who can? Um, he he sent through the man who sold the world. And if I think of if I think of a movie that's called The Man Who Sold the World, it would be similar to like Thank You for Smoking. But instead of smelling cigarettes, smelling instead of selling cigarettes, he's like selling the the American dream, which is nothing. He's just he's not even selling a product. He's a scammer. He's like the Nigerian prince, but he's a white guy. He's and it's played by Robert De Niro. Obviously, he's the worst white guy in the world, um, but he's acting like he's the best white guy in the world. And he's just like, he's just like going, he's a door-to-door salesman, traveling salesman. He goes, he just goes to different states, different places, knocks on people's door and he, he tells, he's, he's selling them the American dream. He's selling them the world. You can have everything. And they're like, how do I sign up? But he doesn't even really know. He's a scammer. But he's just taking people's bread, idiot's bread, like Leo. He goes to Leo's house and he tells this idiot dude, like for the low, low price of $500,000, you can have it all. You can have whatever you want, the dream. And this guy pays him and doesn't get anything. His life actually gets worse. He turns into kind of like Brenton, Brendan Fraser, the whale. All he does is like, he just like binge eats and then throws up and stuff like that. His life turns to shit. And then he kind of turns into Jesse Plemons. And he tries it. He launches an investigation. <laughs> and he's trying to track down De Niro for, for scamming. And the ending, <laughs> the ending is like, I'd say the ending is similar to, to what we saw in, um, Killers of the Flower Moon, where Martin Scorsese comes out and it's like a true crime live show where they're talking about the man who sold the world. But while mid-sentence, mid-sentence, um, an arsonist burns down a theatre. This shit sounds like a four, dude. <laughs> Good four, though. <laughs> Good four, man. Oh, fuck. Um, who, you know who's what? that song by? Sorry, cut you off. The Man Who Sold the World. You, you'd have to look that up. No? No. Never heard of it. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm still shaking the dust off. It's been a minute. Yeah, no, nah, that's all right. Uh, you guys know what it is. Welcome to the potty on everything. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend about the Welcome to the Potty podcast. Rate the show five stars. Give it a little review. If you give it a funny review, I'll read it out on the show. I think we got a new review this week and it was from a non-English speaking person. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Listen to this. Um, no offense to this fucking absolute. Shabbat. I definitely saw one. George. It's from someone named George. Um, great podcast. Five stars. Shout out to George. I'm so glad to hear this podcast. I listen to this podcast regularly. I hope to recommend that you keep it updated at all times. All the best. Oh, no. Sorry. All of best. 
Um, yeah, that's it. That's the only new one we've got, but, um, yeah, the man, keep it updated, keep it updated at all times. All of best, uh, make sure you guys do that. Give us your, give us your reviews. We'll, we'll read them out if they're any decent or if they're, if they're shit ones, like the one George just left, um, as long as they're five stars, you leave them there. We'll read them out. Tell a friend to tell a friend, share it. You share it. You've got a chance to win free merch. That's just how it goes. You share it, let us know how you've shared it, and you automatically enter the draw to win, and that is monthly. That's a monthly draw. So um, you share it 20 times, you get 20 entries. So that's up to you guys. But we're just trying to grow this bitch, so please do that. Um, ClaimingMathComedy.com for all my comedy stuff, my dates, buy tickets, please buy tickets, and um, welcome to the potty.com. No bungbungcoffee.com for bungbungcoffee <sighs> it's late I love you guys don't forget to love yourselves and as always bung bung <laughs>